Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am Frank, the third most popular, what was I, congressional candidate. Along with me is uh, Captain Charlie Esquire. Hello, planet Earth. Yeah, we're sticking with it. I like it. <laughs> um, did you see uh, Chris Rock's stand-up thing last night? I did not. Oh, man. So, it was, uh, it was good. It's his first special since, I don't know, yeah. Bigger and Blacker or something like okay. that. I don't remember which one was the last one, but uh, it was good. It was good. I think... Uh, my only complaint is, I think that he didn't have a great audience. Um, not all the time, but uh, it was it was live. First time Netflix has ever done like a live special, so you know that was kind of a big deal. They even did a live pre-show, post-show kind of thing. Um, but so you know that's a big deal with like lots of interested parties, you know, that will fill seats, you know. And then on top of that is Chris Rock, and so it's an event. It's this event people have been talking about, especially after he got uh, slapped by Will Smith um, at the Oscars. And so, like, and everyone has been talking about how he talks about it, you know? Um, and so the, there was just a lot of nice dresses, you know? I think there was a lot of people there for the event, you know, going to a nice event and a fancy type thing. Uh, so there are certain times where it just didn't feel like he had a good um comedy crowd necessarily you know like especially the some of the front row people because i could see the front row people a lot and they just didn't seem to be very stand-up fun people uh but no it was really funny uh at the end he gets into the will smith stuff and it's it's a lot of fun awesome yeah um i'm gonna adjust this camera just do it and deal with it people that's not what i wanted to do we're just gonna do it live it's fine that's fine. I wanted to see the bubble. I forgot to look for my bubble. Um, all right. So, but yeah, that was uh, the uh, the post show. It was pretty funny, too. They had uh, Dana Carvey and David Spade host, you know, and then they had this panel. And so it was uh, J.B. Smoove and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, uh, oh, Arsenio Hall. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so Arsenio Hall is doing stand-up now. And, uh, and I think it was good because, you know, after Chris Rock, and basically everyone else on the panel's uh, black, except for Dana Carvey and David Spade, you know? And so people would make some comments here and there that were like, well, you know, when you're black growing up, you talk blah, blah, blah with white people. And so, like, Dana Carvey and David Spade are just kind of sitting there, just like, do-do-do-do. <laughs> and so I think it was good having Arsenio. He kind of ended up being almost like a co-host, but, you know, he had that show in the 90s, so he was able to, I think J.B. Smoove got a little drunk during the performance. So at some point he went on this meandering story and I think he forgot what he was saying. <laughs> um, maybe he'd smoke something too, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but Arsenio was able to like jump in, do something, throw it back to him. And he finally figured out what the hell he was trying to say. Um, so it was good. Um, anyway, so that was my last night. That was, that was fun. Anyway, so I recommend checking it out. Anyway, so to the news of the day, um, the week ended on something that, um, is driving Christian conservatives pretty crazy. I don't care about that headline. Uh, so Hershey's, have you seen what Hershey's did? Uh-uh. Okay, so it's uh, Women's History Month uh, marches. And so uh, Hershey's, for the past couple of years, they do these bars that say her, H-E-R, she, S-H-E, you know, her, she. And uh, they sell them and proceeds go to some nonprofit. I, f- I forget who. Um and so it's like, okay. And so this year, um, in order to uh, sell it, you know, you get your spokesperson. And so Hershey's chose uh, a trans woman 
for Women's History Month to be the spokesperson for the, the women's name. Okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah, transgender woman who's the face of Hershey's International Women's Day chocolate bar. Women's Day Chocolate Bar has shut down her haters after they accused the company of not caring about women. Faye Johnstone, 27, said the backlash she received demonstrates exactly how much the far right is zeroing in on trans people and trans women in particular. I'm not going anywhere. So this this is the, uh, this is Faye, and that's the chocolate bar that, is that Faye's? Looks like Faye's face is on there too. Um... Were there two letters before LGBT? That looked like it said 2SLGBT. What are the other? 2SLGBTQIA. What the hell is 2S? I No idea. It keeps changing. When did that happen? Huh. But anyway, so a lot, a lot of people, uh, a lot of right wing, a lot of people were, you know, upset, especially people on the right. Like, it's a women's chocolate bar and this person... Might have a penis, you know, and so it's uh, so lots of people are up in arms. Um, here, switch me over here, make sure I got this set up correctly. But I saw a thought leader um, that really kind of puts it all perfectly. Okay, go ahead and hop over here. Oh, wait, wait. The old fashioned ones, you know, the old fashioned women. Oh, God. you know, the ones with wombs. <laughs> <laughs> Those fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the, the new women. I know the new women. They're bright, aren't they? The, you know, the new ones we've been seeing lately. The, one, the ones with beards and cocks. They're as good as gold. I love that. Good as gold. No, it's the old fashioned women. And now the old fashioned women are like, oh, they want to use our toilets. Why shouldn't they use your toilets? For ladies, they are ladies. Look at their pronouns. <laughs> what about this person that isn't a lady? Well, his penis. <laughs> Her penis, you fucking. <laughs> what if he rapes me? What if she rapes me? <laughs> There's, uh, that was kind of my view on the on the matter, but uh, other other people were not so casual. Um, you know the you know the Daily Wire, like that's uh, mm. Ben Shapiro on them, yeah. and so uh, one of the co-founders of that is this guy named Jeremy Boring, and uh, interesting last name. But uh, he uh, he started a while ago. He started up a razor company. Uh, I think it's called Jeremy's Razors. But basically, they had some sponsorship with Harry's Razors. And then after Shapiro did some talk somewhere about something, uh, he made this argument. Someone asked a question, like, if you go back in time, I think this is what it was, if you go back in time and kill baby Hitler, should you do it? And so he just said, well, you know, morally, no. Because, you know, at that point, it's just a baby, and you don't know what's going to happen with that baby, yada, yada, yada. And so don't don't kill baby Hitler, basically, and uh, which is you know, I mean, it's an argument. I'm I'm a big fan of the butterfly effect. I don't really like the idea of changing anything, you know. Um, or like grandfather paradox is a similar theory. Yeah, any of that kind of stuff. Like yeah, you I mean because 
Tra- my kid, you know, Trace asked uh, about, if you can go back in time and change two things, what would you do? And I was like, well, probably nothing. And I was like, because I don't know how that would affect everything, you know? Right. And so, uh, I might not be right here right now talking to you. Exactly. But, uh, so anyway, I think I think that was what it was. And uh, so, of course, people, uh, it was like trending on Twitter. It was pretty funny. that Like, Ben Shapiro is a Nazi. Like, the dude that's like a thousand percent, was it Ash, Ashkenazi? Ashkenazi Jew? Yeah. Ashkenazi Jew, yeah. yeah. He's like a thousand percent that. And, and like, he's like, yeah, that is a Hitler loving man right there. <laughs> um, but it, so, uh, but Harry's canceled uh, their advertising deal with Daily Wire. And I think they even like talked about a trash or something like that about, you know, not, you know, it's horrible to say these things and all that kind of stuff. So they started up a razor company. Uh, same thing, subscription. Razor like Harry's, and I guess it did. I guess it did pretty well, or it's doing pretty well. <laughs> and so this Hershey bar thing happened, and like it, they all had their underpants in a bunch, um, and so they decided to start up their own chocolate company, and there it is. We have what happened? It does not like us. Oh, this is what happened on that one page. Yeah, that some weird it's... coding. Let's see. I wonder what that's all about. Um, okay. Well, oh, actually, let me, maybe if I accept their stupid cookie policy. No, I don't accept all. Yeah, what was the, was the thing about the COVID last time? Yeah. Which felt fun and conspiratorial. That one was cut off. This one's about chocolate. It's not quite as fun. Right, let me turn off all these damn cookies. I'm not accepting your cookies just because I'm trying to do a show. Your cookies suck. <laughs> Alright, let's try it again and see what it does. Right. That was it. That was the cookies. Interesting. Okay. Nuts or nuts, nutless. Daily Wire launches Jeremy's Chocolate after Hershey's trans farce insults customers. Which I don't see how that insults. I mean, I guess women, maybe. It's like, and they're like here's the official woman of Hershey's uh, bar. Yeah. It's like, it's the better women now. The one, ones with penises. The new women. Yeah, we win. We win, women. <laughs> what can a chocolate do when he or she finds out big chocolate hates them? Hershey's. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate hates you now. <laughs> Hershey's chose the first day of Women's History Month to insult all women and rational men by introducing a gender dysphoric man who claims to be a female as one of the faces of its commem- commemorative she-bar. And even rolled out social media... Uh, with Faye Johnstone gushing about how she, quote-unquote, and other women are changing how we see the future. It was too much for Daily Wire co-founder Jeremy Boring, who has built a reputation for taking on woke companies, offering alternatives, yeah, blah, 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 we already talked about the razors. Fine, Boring tweeted. I'll do it. Introducing Jeremy's Chocolates. Yes, it's real, we have two kinds, he, him, and she, her. One of them has nuts. If you need to tell me which one, keep buying Hershey's. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty clever <laughs> so there's i guess that's uh that's the bar and so they're doing like pre-sales i guess they've already done like over two hundred thousand in pre-sales which i mean i guess it's a lot of chocolate um but uh i think it's it feels like that's going to be more of a short-term gimmick that mm-hmm. then becomes a gift shop item on a website more than it's that people are going to start just buying daily wire chocolates, you know? Right, right. If they can't get them in a grocery store, which I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts, they don't get them into any grocery store chain in any country. 
Um, no, I was going to buy them. But I don't know. That's, uh, how do you feel about how do you feel about the emergence of of the trans women becoming the face of women and all these different things, whether it's the chocolate or sports person of the year? Well, it, it, I almost com- compare it to, I mean, the the whole body image trend is deeply funded by well, probably Hershey's and. <laughs> Than any of the the major corporations that supply heavily sugared oh the things about food like items body body positivity yeah they uh, so they fully fund it and it's so you know I'm I wouldn't not even be sure you know yeah I wouldn't be shocked if big sugar had something to do with the body positivity stuff you know it's because big sugar did um, so you know with milk like whole milk um, people like why do people buy skim milk because it's healthier right. In theory. In theory. Well, what they do is they take out the natural fat, like the natural fats, and they replace it with sugar. And so it's a lower fat, 1% fat, 2% fat, skim, no fat. Well, they took out all this nice, healthy dairy fat, and they put in sugar. And a big part of it is because back in the, I don't know when, uh, when they were trying to come up with, a, you know, federal government, it's coming up with all these different ways to push healthy nutrition. Um Big Sugar was paying a lot of money, and they said, hey, don't look at sugar, look at fat. People are, you know, people don't want to get what? They don't want to get fat. Fat's the problem. Butter, eggs, you know, whole milk, that's where the problem is. Like, don't worry about sugar. It's, it's white. Look how tiny it is. And so I wouldn't be shocked if they had some, some money behind that. Um, I, you know, I think... I think the idea of saying, like, so, you know, trans people, uh, you know, adult trans people, there are people that have gender dysphoria. They've had it for a while. It used to be mainly men in their, like, uh, 60s would kind of realize or begin seeking treatment for uh, gender dysphoria or start... um, Maybe not seeking treatment and just, you know, change the way they dress and names and all that kind of stuff. But that was, I mean, like 97% of the people um, were like people born dudes who are now, you know, in past their middle age. Um, now it's it's broader and some people will say that's because of acceptance and all that kind of stuff. People can feel free. Um, but I think that this idea, this overcompensation of saying that like, well... Trans women are women. They're exactly the same thing as women, and um, you know, and not defining. It's like oh, they're a woman. It's fine. And saying like the best women in the sport, um, like the female athlete of the year, is this trans female or the female person of the chocolate women's history month is a trans female. Like, <clears throat> I, I, I think it's fine to. I mean, I think it's great to be accepting of people and. You know, let people live their life however they feel. But it does seem like people are trying to really push hard to say these, everyone's identical. Like, you know, to be a woman, you have to fit into these gender stereotypes. And that's what, like, the gender stereotypes are important. And that's why a trans woman is a woman, because they want to participate in the female gender stereotypes. Um, But I think all that's jumped the shark a little bit. 
excuse me. I think uh, I think it's from Ricky Gervais joking about it. Chris Rock joked about it a little bit uh, last night, just a little. Um, you know, people know it's not true. You know, um, we're back. Okay. Sorry, I had a coughing fit. Um, but yeah, I think you know it was weird with, when the kind of trans uh, positive movement happened because everybody seemed to start off very supportive and going, okay, like you can live your life however you, you want. And at some point, like some force, which feels like some sort of political force, you know, pushed this idea. Whether it's the uh, <clears throat> the the drag shows, like not the like it was like oh drag queen story hour. It's like okay. Somebody's reading a story, like, if they're dressed like a lady, or even if they're dressed ridiculous, like, we have clowns read stories, like, if someone's, you know, all dressed up crazy, like, you know, some of them like to be covered in glitter and go big with it, it's like, who cares, you know, it's a story, and some people don't like it, don't go, you know? Right. And so that seemed like, okay, and it's like, no, 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 drag shows, we're gonna wear thongs and stuff, and it's like, well, maybe don't do that for kids, like, that's bad you know, right? <laughs> and so I, I think you know it's it's gone that way. It's going that way right now. There's still videos that pop up all the time going that way. But I just feel like it's it's pushed too far, and it's it's making a mockery of itself. Where I think this time next year it'll kind of go back. I think the she bar from Hershey's will probably feature I don't know some prominent woman, maybe a maybe Maya Angelou, you know, poet. I don't know, Somewhat, but an accomplished woman, you know, um, and, you know, maybe historical or something, but, uh, but I think, I don't know, I think it's beginning to implode on itself, and I think the only, one of the things that gives it more air uh, to its fire is when, like, the Christian conservative types, when they, like, their hair lights on fire, it's one thing, like, the, the strip club type drag shows, you know, uh, where it's like, hey, come on in, third graders you know we'll do a school field trip over here and we'll do like i get it like that especially if it's your kids your community like yeah you should say something like that's messed up and like if we you know if we took our kids to a normal strip club or you know whatever and people well what about hooters it's like yeah to be honest i don't take my kid to hooters i do find it weird like i find that weird yep and uh but if you do you know it's at hooters they're not simulating sex acts. You know, they, they've got the low-cut stuff, but it's more covered than the beach. And, you know, they bring you wings and being flirty and all that. But they're not simulating acts, you know. Or, and they don't have their whole butts out. But anyway, I just think, uh, like, with that, sure. You make, make a stink, say, hey, that's my kid. i got to protect my kid, protect my community. Uh, but when, I mean, a Hershey's bar, like, a trans female at a Hershey's bar, like, I... Really, if they hadn't have freaked out, I don't know that I would even known about it. Right. You know, right? Like I, this is apparently they've done this she bar for two or three years. I don't know. Like, I don't know nothing about it. Like the kid's got like a five pound Hershey bar out there. I got him for Valentine's Day. It's just like this big. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you know, we buy her. We buy a lot of Hershey's in this house. Uh, you know, I don't care enough to say like you put a trans female on a. Maybe on a rapper looked, but definitely on a commercial. And what I'm supposed to like think Hershey's hates me and not buy Hershey's chocolate? It's delicious, right? 
It's delicious. I'm going to keep buying chocolate. The wrapper just gets thrown out anyways. Yeah, I'm like, I don't remember what exactly. Who cares about the wrapper? I don't care what it says on the wrapper. It's going to open and thrown out. It was like the Chick-fil-A thing uh, when it came out, you know, that the owner was very Christian and donates to, like, churches that uh, don't believe, I believe gays a sin or something like that. Hates black people and hates gays. Openly. They even admitted the marketing, their head of marketing said that they do more sales openly admitting that they don't like blacks or gays. I didn't see anything about black people. Oh, yeah. Really? Yep. I'm going to have to look that up. I remember the gay thing. I remember they were just like, we're... We believe in a Christian family, and it's a sin to be gay, and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, well, we're, you know, that's what that's what the Bible says. You can't do that, you know. Um, so I was like, whatever. But there's a there's a football player. I forget who he was, but uh, everyone was asking about the the chicken thing, about the chicken sandwiches. He's like, I don't care if Chick Fil A comes out and being pro slavery, I'm gonna still eat their chicken. He's like, it's so good. <laughs> And, you know, you hear that, you're just like, yeah, man. Like, it's just a chicken sandwich. Like, I, I don't care. You know, I, the only time I do care is, like, Dick's Sporting Goods. At some point, they're like, we're not going to sell guns anymore. And that's like, okay, who cares? They go, and we're going to use a portion of our proceeds to actively fight in opposition of the Second Amendment. So now you're telling me if I buy socks from you that that money is going to go to trying to take my right to a gun away. And that you're going to actively be participating in stripping me of my rights. Well, that's different. You've just told me that you're going to be working against me. So, like, I don't buy anything at Dick's, right. you know? Um, and I never will. Unless, I, I mean, I had to buy some thermals one time. I felt, felt dirty. <laughs> um, but, you know, but beyond that, it's like, who cares? I don't care. I don't care what you believe. I truly don't. What, and it's like, so with, with various issues, whether they're related or not, we have these imaginary lines of how far to go pressing an issue. And when we get to that line, we're just like, that's not enough. Let's leap right over it. It does seem that way, doesn't it? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Like like what you're just saying with the, the Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah. You know, not only are we going to not sell guns, we're going to support the anti-Second Amendment movement with our, with our revenue. Yeah, and like in with the trans thing, where it's like, okay, like we think we have right to to live openly as a trans adult, and it was cool. And they go, also, kids need to watch us twerk and thong. So right. It's like, well, no, not that one, not that one. <laughs> it's like, no, this was fine until you went that route. Everything was cool when we just talked about you living your life, but like the twerking and thongs thing, it's like, and you know, quite frankly, the trans people that I've met. They don't want to twerk in thongs in front of children. And, you know, I think that's good. <laughs> I think St. Pete had, had a small issue. They were doing, it was at this coffee bar on 9th Street that was doing um, story time uh, with trans women. Okay. And a whole bunch of the, the extreme... Was it trans women or drag queens? Or dra- Maybe it was drag queens. Okay. Yeah, it was drag queens. Okay. And uh, the, you know, the local far-right Christians were appalled that... Our kids shouldn't be subjected to this, and it's like, well, don't send your kid to it. And and, and that's the thing. Like, there's a difference between story hour and a drag show. <clears throat> and drag shows are adult shows. They're fun and they're funny, you know. Um, hopefully, if they're any good. Um, 
but they're, they're for, for adults, you know, uh, because they tend to be raunchy. They tend to be, you know, sassy, raunchy little divas. Um, but, but, you know, if somebody says, like, you know, I want to expose my child to, you know, different members of the, the gay community or the 2SLGBTQIA plus community and, uh, it's just too many letters. There's only 26 letters, it's guys. It's too many letters. I know. Well, there's pluses and there's twos. And I'm like, I just... Can we just... Anything. I'm. Can we just call it the Alphabet Coalition or <laughs> Rainbow right. Alphabet or something? I don't care. Like, I just... Can we get something? You can put it, whatever you want in there, but we can't keep adding this. I, I, at least send a memo if you're going to add, like... Memo. That'd be nice. Because, like, it was LGB... LGB, then there's LGBT, then there's a Q, and there was QIA plus. But the 2S. Why does it get to And the 2S got moved to, to the, the front. front. Yeah. What is the 2S? Um I don't remember what it was. Oh yeah, but there I mean there's a there's a drastic difference between being like especially like, you know, you're a gay couple with a kid and um or maybe you're a straight couple, maybe you got a sibling that's gay, or maybe you're just an ally to the gay community or the trans community or whatever the two s alphabet community and uh and you go no that's cool like i want them to be exposed to things that aren't just heteronormative um and you know so instead of it just being like here's mr rogers and you know, there's a straight white dude that's gonna read to you i'd rather it be somebody from my community okay no you problem know, no problem but uh but that's the thing like that protest on ninth street like if they're protesting a story time like where like what what is the harm? Right. Let's see. LGBT. I want to look up 2S real quick. See if I can find it. Come on. Tell me what it is. Two. Terms. Two. Two. No. Two spirit? Huh? What does it mean? Q2S. Yeah. Hey, this one has it at the end. Why did 2S get moved to the front? Okay. Let's see. Wait. God damn it. Just making me click from thing to thing. I think it's it can't be two spirit. Two spirit. Yeah, it is two. Two, two spirit, spirit, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning, and additional orientations. <clears throat> yeah, two spirit. Two spirit. Which is that has like a, a Native American origin. Oh, okay. Of uh, of basically kind of a trans thing where okay. you got, or maybe it's a non-binary thing where you've got uh, you know the souls of both a male and a female the spirits of a male and a female inside you or something like that um but i've had i have seen people get in trouble for using two-spirit and not having any native heritage i don't i don't i can't keep up with what's okay and not okay like i don't know i think a lot of the not okay stems from sheer boredom of people (laughs) yeah like especially the, the typical extreme right mentality tends to come from stay-at-home mothers. You think, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to put anyone into a box, <laughs> but, but um, those who are getting mad on the internet tend to have a lot more time on their hands. The Karen syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I can see that. So the people that, because, yeah. I guess, like, basically, middle-aged white women are the ones that are typically upset about stuff. I mean, 
Typically. 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 <laughs> That's a Chris Rock's uh, special last night. It was called Selective Outrage, by the way. And so, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, very thematic. Um, Every time I think about Chris Rock, it reminds me of No Sex in the Champagne Room. Oh, yeah. What a great jam. I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot he like he was on on pop stations. It was great. <laughs> oh man, good times. Oh, that was the nineties, right? Like ninety nine. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Back when it was still okay to joke about things. Oh, I know. I know. That's. I think comedians are helping us come out of some of this craziness because, like, I mean, Ricky Gervais is very much a lefty guy. You know, he is well seated on the left and proud to be there. Happy to be there. He'll stay there. Um, you know, Chris Rock. He was taking on, you know, different stuff. In this special, you know, he was like, Republicans are, you know, effing liars. He's like, and Democrats withhold key bits of information. That, you know, he kind of, you phrase it different, but, you know, he's a Democrat. And, um, and oh, there's been other people, even uh, Patton Oswalt, uh, he was like, uh, talking about the trans stuff. He's like, I'm an ally. I want to support you. He's like, you just have to tell me what to say and stop changing it. <laughs> Every three weeks, <laughs> like you had a little bit about it. So you I just, I just need to know. Please don't change it constantly, you know. Um, and there was a popular comedian, wasn't there? I think in the nineties, who um, dressed in drag. Eddie during... Izzard. Yeah, Eddie Izzard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Oh, Eddie's great. That was in uh, some other part when I found that clip for Ricky Gervais. I was actually um, looking for a thing that comes a little earlier than that or later. I forget that, but where he's. Uh, he says something about women not being funny. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, he's like, there's plenty of. Uh, he's like, there's tons of funny female comics, like Eddie Izzard and Dame Judy Dench, or Dame not Judy Dench. It's the, you know the British one. She's Dame something or Madam. What's the Dame? What's her name? Judy Dench is the actor. She's a real person. Whatever. There's a, a comedian from the UK that was real popular, and it was uh, a person of drag all the time. Dame Dame Edna maybe. Something like that. Anyway, but, uh, but yeah, so it's like plenty of uh, funny women. Like it is. Or... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get away from the dangerous world of trans things. We're probably in trouble. Um, speaking of being in trouble, the so something that's been going on for a while is this move to try and have private industry work hand in glove with the government uh to restrict us of our rights uh in a way that the government itself can't do because of course we have rights so um the government can't tell us what we can say and what we can't say but they can push twitter to censor us and then it's twitter saying well we don't want you to say that on our private platform if you don't like it build your own platform of course then people build their own platform so then they lean on Amazon Web Service who goes, oh, you know what? We'll just kill your platform. How about that? It's like, just build your own massive global server farm. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get moving the goalposts. It's like, just make up a new platform. Someone's like, okay, I will call it Parlor. And they go, not that. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is uh, the next step. Um, so Discover Card is going to begin tracking gun purchases in April. Um, MasterCard already did something where they were trying to stop uh, MasterCard being accepted at gun shops. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if that ended up going through, but 
Beginning in April 2023, Discover will be the first credit card issuer to track gun purchases made by their cardholders. On September 11th, uh, Breitbart News noted that Visa caved to pressure from gun control groups and New York Democrats agreeing to flag gun and ammo purchases via new sales categorization. The AP observed that MasterCard and other major credit cards also agreed to flag gun sales. On March 2nd, 2023, the Independent Journal Review reported that Discover will be first among credit card companies to track gun sales in as much as the company will begin doing so in April. Well, what the hell does that mean? We just said Visa and MasterCard. We're doing it too. Anyone using a Discover card to make purchase in a gun store will have that purchase tracked beginning in April. And there are over 55 million Discover cards. Let's see. Reuters pointed out Discover Finance... Yeah, this is Breitbart, by the way. Uh, Reuters pointed out uh, Discover Financial Services was ahead of Visa and MasterCard in February 2023, noting that Discover would allow its network to track purchases at gun retailers come April, making it the first among its peers to publicly give a date for moving ahead with the initiative, which is aimed at helping authorities probe gun-related crimes. Discover told Reuters... We remain focused on continuing to protect and support lawful purchases on our network while protecting the privacy of cardholders. Yeah, that sounds like what you're doing. And so, like, the, uh, what this does is, the, you know, like in Florida, um, you can't have a gun registry. Like, it's against our Constitution. Some states, they have, you know, you got to register your gun as soon as you got it. Um, but, of course, um, you know, you can buy... If you buy from gun shows, I don't even know all the rules, but you know, the ATF does not get to have a list like a state, a state can track things, uh, or you can have a state registry, a city registry, um, county registry, but like not the federal government. Um, but they want it and they want it bad. And like ATF has been going into gun shops and taking pictures of their screens. I think we talked about that. Yeah. And, uh, so this is the next step. Cause like you go, all right, well, like, say that you had some massive operation where you suck up a bunch of data into, like, the CIA, CIA and NSA computers, you know, some sort of prism of information. You know, you could uh, just, you know, loft, even say, yep, here's a warrant. I need a, here's a FISA warrant discovered. Please let me see your uh, the gun purchases that have happened in the last uh, year, you know. I was like, here's the warrant, FISA. We did it behind closed doors. And, uh, and there you go. All of a sudden they have not a registry, but they've got a list. And so they, maybe they don't know everybody, but they know everyone that bought a gun with a discover card or ammo is buy ammo. What are you buying that ammo for? You buy, you know, a suppressor or probably not, well, suppressor, a lower, uh, you know, gun cleaning kit. You know, why are you buying these things? It's like, you have guns, Bloop. you know, um, personally, I lost all mine in that boating accident, you know? Um, so that was unfortunate, but for everyone else that has guns, you know, if they buy it with discover, um, you know, it, it makes it easier. Um, they have a term for when private industry and government work together for one means of control. And it gets used a lot to talk about all sorts of things, but that's actually what fascism is. That's what Mussolini's fascism is. And, like, as much as every Republican gets called a fascist or anybody that doesn't toe the line, um, toe the kind of leftist line, gets called a fascist from time to time, like, it has a real meaning. 
and it's happening. Like we're watching it happen. It's this authoritarian sweep where it's like, like people used to think, I mean, even as, even in the early two thousands, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, it seemed that <clears throat> the question, whether you're a Republican or Democrat was kind of, do you think the government needs to protect us from big business? Or do you think we need protection from the government? You know, so if you trusted government more than big business, you were um, a Democrat. If you trusted big business more than government, you tended to be a Republican. Um, but big business and big government work very well together. You know, and so you end up having a legitimate government, a legitimate government, and this kind of shadow government of very powerful, you know, multinational corporations that. You know, if they get into a pickle, well, they got a couple of senators in their pocket or the president, you know, and it's, uh, it's gross. And we're like, we're heading that way. No one seems to, no one on the left seems to care. Yeah. I'm wondering if this would trigger, uh, uh, gun shops to rename things or recode things on sales. I don't. So, How do you hide it, you know? Yeah, and I don't think you can because they're not the ones coding it, you know? Like, Discover's coding it. Right. And, like, <clears throat> it's... Most gun shops are not big businesses, you know? Like, uh, I was at, uh, there's this place in, I guess, technically, probably Pinellas Park. It's called Cracker Boys. And uh, it's, a, it's a great little gun shop. They've got a good selection, very friendly people. Uh, it's, like, two dudes. And it's I think it's always been the same two, two dudes. So it's, like, these two guys that are somewhere around our age that started a gun shop because they like guns. And uh, <clears throat> they got some really cool ones, too. They got these old, like, uh, Colts, like, revolvers and, like, black powder loaders. They're not for sale, but they're really neat. Uh, but, you know, they're just, like, these two guys that have a retail shop. They'll, they'll you know, fix your gun. They'll sell you a gun. They got ammo. Just normal gun shop. But it's a small little shop in Pinellas Park. It doesn't have high rent... I don't know what kind of money they do, but I know what it's like owning a retail shop. And, like, you just don't have to... It sucks if you feel that you have to not accept certain forms of payment because those forms of payment are working to undo your business. Right. You know? Right. And most people just don't have that flexibility. So they'll say, <clears throat> yeah, I guess we... Yeah, we still take Discover. Like, yeah, we still take Visa. Um, it'd be grave pay cash, maybe check, you know, but if not, you know, I guess we have to take it. And then at some point down the line, if we just keep heading this way, you know, somebody's like, well, um, you know, we want to make this sort of rifle illegal now. And so now we're going to go take them from all your customers and take them from you because we know you sell them and, um, and we know your customers bought them. Yep, we know it. And it's, so suddenly, like, you put a target on the back of, of all of your customers. And it's just, it's a horrific way to, like, sneak in, uh, sneak in gun policy. Hide it in plain sight, so to speak. Yeah, or force, I mean, because there's no way, there's no way Discover was just sitting there, like, because they're a bank, basically. They just get, they get, like, two to two to three percent of like all the transactions that people do and they just sit back and do that and they you know uh, they loan some money collect interest on it people get in horrible credit card debt they go it's okay just keep paying us forever and they just stack money to the ceiling you know um there's no way that they were looking at that model of stacking money to the ceiling and said 
we should do something different. You know, we should stack less. Yeah, we should we should do something that might make people want to not give us their money. Like they want people shopping, they want people buying stuff, you know. And so this has, there's just no way that the hand of government did not force this, you know. Because um, like Visa, Mastercard, and Discover are like, yeah, maybe we'll track guns. There's no way this does not come from uh, a, a Senate panel saying, well, I don't know. Maybe y'all have too much flexibility in the financial world. Maybe you need to be broken up. You know, like there's this is this is definitely pressure. You know, and I don't think they're gonna stop with just that either. I think they're just gonna keep going. Um, let me see. What do I want to go to next? Well, I guess this might be a good one. <clears throat> Shoot. All right, Philippine leaders' embrace of U.S. troops near Taiwan revives old grievances. So, the old grievances, I don't really care to discuss too much, but... <clears throat> so, it's been more than three decades since the Philippines ordered U.S. troops to withdraw from their sprawling military bases in the country, ending that era uh, that harkened back to America's colonial days. Now, the man overseeing the Subic Bay Metropolitan Authority once home to Washington's biggest naval base in Asia, wants them back. A uh, recently revived defense agreement between the U.S. and the Philippines could be a uh, welcome development for us if American forces return to is it Subic Bay, Subic Bay, said Roland uh, Polino, the authority's chairman in an interview. When they come here, they spend money, go to hotels, go to restaurants, plus tourists. And he's not alone. Um, so, one thing that they're doing, the Philippines are basically... Uh, and I saw that, it's, I think, moving forward in their Senate. They're starting a new um, treaty alliance with the U.S., which is going to give the U.S. access to, like, four different bases. And uh, it's kind of to to help protect against China. I mean, not kind of. It's to, uh, an alliance in fear of China. And I think Australia might already be an ally or something. Um, but might... <clears throat> My concern with it is, is that our, you know, we're talking about how out of control our government is, um, and like the industri the military industrial complex, you know, pushes us towards war all the time. Um, but like Joe Biden, our commander in chief, um, you know, he stood up there and someone said, if uh, China invades Taiwan, you know, will we step in to stop it? And he's like, oh, like militarily, he's like, yeah. And then later his office was like. No, no, not that. Like we stand by the China, the one China policy is what he meant, and so you know the one China policy says U.S. agrees that Taiwan belongs to China or is part of China and wants to be independent, and we hope y'all work it out so they can be independent. Uh, but they're not independent yet. Uh, but you know, Biden said we will go to war over this, and China wants Taiwan. They want those sweet, sweet integrated circuits. You know. Um, they can, if they can control motherboards being able to go into devices, especially planes and missiles, um, if they can control, if they can put in back doors into these things that go to the Pentagon, um, you know they want to do that. And, um, and we know, like, we know they want to do it. They know that we know. And, like, that's why they want to, you know, they want to shore that up. So that if there's a war, and we go, hey, we need to make more 
planes and missiles. They go, yeah, but they're going to be dumb. You know, you're not going to have all these integrated circuits. <clears throat> so here's the problem, right? So we got Ukraine and Russia fighting, and we're not participating. We're just doing another $400 million in aid. Uh, I think it's going to pass like this week or something. Um, of course, some of it's going to nice houses on the water. There's some great houses. I guess Zelensky had to uh, fire some people for misappropriating some of the funds already wow. a couple months ago. But yeah, you know, but he solved it. It solved it. It's not happening anymore. Um, so you got that going on. Um, and they're surrounded by all these NATO countries, you know? And the deal is, through our alliance, that if one of these NATO countries gets into a war, we get into the war. That's how it works. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, that, we're very close to getting into a, a war for Europe right now. And so <clears throat> then there's Israel, you know? And so Israel and, and Saudi Arabia, where we're like, hey, guys, we got you, you know? Um, please keep accepting uh, only U.S. dollars for oil. That would be great, Saudi Arabia. And then, I don't know what Israel, um, you know, but we're tight with Israel. And we've, you know, ah, we got your back, Israel. So, <clears throat> but tensions with Iran and Israel are growing. And tensions with Saudi Arabia and Iran are growing. So now it's like, okay, if, um, you know, we've been just decimating Ye Yemen for a while. I think we're at a ceasefire right now, still, I think, um, which is nice. But we've basically been helping Saudis fight Iranians in Yemen through their little proxies, which I think our side might be with Al-Qaeda in this one. Huh. Yeah, it's the Houthis, I think. Um, anyway, but uh, so we're fighting a proxy war. We're, we're helping the Saudis. Yeah, we're fighting a proxy war with Iran, basically, through Saudi Arabia. And... Uh, so that's already kind of going on, but we're at arm's distance, you know? We're like, well, it's over there. Who, you know, Yemen, who's even heard of it? But, like, the tensions are ratcheting. So if a conflict, and, you know, Iran's not a big fan of, of Israel, and so, like, if all of a sudden something pops up there, well, we have to apparently go fight over there, too. Um, so you go, okay, well, so now we're going to be fighting in the Middle East with Iran, and we're going to be fighting in Europe with this NATO stuff against Russia. And if we're fighting Russia, you know, that's a big country. That means our west coast of the United States, Alaska and stuff, like, it's close. Pretty close. <clears throat> yeah, so now we're looking a lot of combat. And so now, now the Taiwan thing, and you got, so you got all the, you got the Philippines, um, and I don't know what our agreement with like japan is um but like okay so now we got the philippines right off of right near china and we got to deal with them and what if something pops off there like now we're at war with china and so like it's, it's we, we've got these different alliances <clears throat> these different parts of the world um where we're like hey we'll be friends officially on paper and we'll go to war if something happens to you but it seems like a lot of them are bubbling to a point where something might happen and we're just so tied up in knots that you know some some decision by iran to do something to israel some 
decision by Russia to do something to, I don't know, any of those NATO bordering nations. Or even like one of the ones in between, which is not really NATO and kind of, you know, kind of dual citizenship type uh, Russia-Europe type deal. <clears throat> like one little decision there and suddenly we're in the war. So, like it takes basically three moves at the most. I could probably be done in one, but three moves and we're fighting. We're in a world war against China, Russia, and Iran. Um and at no point do we actually have to be attacked to be in a world war with China, Russia, and Iran. And whoever else jumps on board, you know? Like, India's not too crazy about uh, about us right now. They were. No, they're not. Um, and, you know, India and Pakistan aren't really exactly friends with each other. And, like, there's some nuclear weapons there, too. So if this stuff starts popping off in Pakistan, you know, maybe... Iran hollers at Pakistan, like, hey, why don't you, uh, over here, you know? Well, and India's had issues with launches to the point where I think they lost <laughs> a rocket that went into Pakistan accidentally. Yeah. And yeah. that almost set things off. That was, yeah, that was close. And they were like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a, I think it was a dud or something. But, yeah, that was, exactly. So, you know, those tensions are high. And it's, it's just, and, and it's terrifying because I don't feel like our government is that interested in avoiding war. Um, you know, George Washington did not think we should have lots of foreign alliances. He said that we should, like, just chill, mind our business, and, you know, interact with everybody, but we'll be ourselves over here, and we don't want to sign any alliances with anybody, you know, because he studied the history of the globe, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of these conflicts, that's how they would grow out of control. Um, and we're already cash-strapped as it is. Oh, God. Seriously. Let me... Actually, that... Since you mentioned that... No, no, no. I did something. Okay. I did something. I don't... I did something again. Okay. Oh, somehow I made Donald Trump talk about something. Let's see this. Shut up, Donald Trump. All right, speaking of being cash-strapped, bloop. All right, the Department of Defense has not made sufficient, this is from Just the News, they do this uh, thing called the uh, Golden Horseshoe. Um, Golden Horseshoe is a weekly designation from Just the News intended to highlight egregious examples of wasteful taxpayer spending by the government. Uh, the award is named after the horseshoe-shaped toilet seats for military airplanes that cost the Pentagon a whopping, whopping $640 each back in the 80s. All right, <clears throat> so the Department of Defense has not made sufficient efforts to correct chronic deficiencies in monitoring the disposition of equipment loaned to department contractors or government furnished property and federal procurement jargon, according to the Government Accountability Office. Uh, let's see, decade-long tracking failure. Where's the number? This long-standing issue affects the accounting and reporting of GFP, which was the government furnished property, and is one of the reasons DOD is unable to produce auditable financial statements, according to the report. In its last audit, in November 2022, the DOD could only account for 39% of its $3.5 trillion in assets. $3.5 trillion, they can't find half of it. 
<laughs> and I believe this isn't the first time that an audit has just turned out to go completely south. They, they can't even produce. They can't even produce a report that can be audited. Like <laughs> their their numbers are so bad. Like it look. It says they. Where was that thing? The failure. Oh man, where'd it go? Decades long tracking, but whatever. It said failure to produce an auditable. Um, financial statement. Fan, yeah. Financial statement. There it is. Yeah. So it's like their numbers are so screwed that they can't even give us a financial statement for even their own accountants to audit. You know, <laughs> like you do internal audits, you have external. I mean, the government never has an external audit, but uh, but you know, audits are helpful, but they don't have it tracked enough to even be able to double check. I mean, thirty nine percent. Let's see, quick math here: three and a half trillion. So, what would that be? Three hundred and fifty million is uh, ten. Oh, was, was it three and a half trillion or one and a half? It was three and a half trillion. Three and a half trillion. Yeah, forty percent. So half of that's you know one point seven five. So a little less than that. I don't know, one and a half trillion or something like that. They actually can account. So like two trillion dollars. Yeah. So yeah, it's basically a third of it. Yeah, just over a third. So yeah, there's like two trillion in assets that they just they don't know, and that's. Let's see. These include property furnished for repairs, maintenance, overhaul, or modification of military equipment. Specifically, contractors can possess assets such as ammunition, missiles, torpedoes, component parts for these end items, and equipment for specific uses associated with them. So it's missiles. (laughs) So So all of the equipment that we're currently sending to Ukraine, it's probably already lost. Like, we have no idea what we're sending. Well, I mean, that stuff is definitely already... Good. I mean, that stuff's gone. We know what we sent. Because we had that stuff. But on top of that stuff, we've lost $2 trillion worth of other stuff. When, like, we, we're like, hey, contractors, maybe um, service these missiles, make sure they're working good, service uh, some of these jets. They go, okay. And then someone goes, did, did we send y'all some missiles to work on? Like, missiles... I don't know. Like, okay, maybe not. Could have been somebody else. Ah, it's fine. <laughs> but it's only two trillions worth. Which, just a reminder, we're at like thirty-one trillion dollars in debt, and that's just two that we paid for and we had and we borrowed money and printed money to get, and then we just lost it. Just wasn't worth keeping up with. I'm I'm pretty sure there are. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are <clears throat> sorry. Um, contagious. Accounting practices that <laughs> are, are generally s- accepted. <laughs> yeah, are supposed to be followed to the T. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, you know, there's generally accepted accounting principles and sure you're supposed to use them. <laughs> but have you ever thought about it this way? Fuck it. it's easier and more cost effective i guess (laughs) i mean who wants to write all those numbers down you gotta add them up and like what see how much you let you subtract at some point then you gotta compare it to the ledger how many ledgers there's so many columns have you seen these spreadsheets you gotta put in equal sum you know maybe a nice uh Oh shit! V lookup in there. Right. Some yeah. V lookup. V lookup. You know? Yeah. Pivot tables, maybe. I don't know. It's just complicated. Why not just? 
not do that. <laughs> I mean, who's going to say anything? This stupid website? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Who's going to care? I mean, yeah. Seriously, like, we read it. We mentioned it. I don't know how many hits they're going to get on this. Probably something, but... Uh, you, I don't see this change. Do you think next year it's going to get... Maybe they'll only lose and still losing... Uh, what did they lose? 61%? So instead of 61%, maybe they uh, only lose 55%. <laughs> well, that's an improvement. Yeah, that'd be a huge improvement. <laughs> and they'd probably... Th- We've increased our trackability by whatever that is. <laughs> Pull one of those Biden lines like, I have reduced the deficit. It's like, okay, but we still have a huge deficit. It's like, but it's less of a deficit, and that's good. It's like, no, it's better bad. Like, right. What? I, I outrageously spent less than the previous person outrageously spent. Yeah. <laughs> and like the and his benchmark keeps being 2020 when we just blew it out with COVID stuff, you know? Because like, at least, I mean, Trump was not a fiscally conservative guy. He never pretended to be to his credit, I guess. But, um, but his budgets were all, or his, yeah, his budgets all were around like four trillion bucks a year something like that and uh, the amount of money brought in through taxes and everything was like three and a half three and three quarters something like that and so you know running a deficit each year but not a big deficit um and then 2020 hits and you know there's a ppp and um just paying the money out and all that stuff and i think we hit something like seven trillion and once again brought in about three and a quarter three and a half right and so, you know, we just, a lot of money went out the door. And so that became the baseline for all of Biden's accomplishments. We've reduced the deficit again this year, each of my years. It's like you started off from like the craziest number ever. And like, yeah, don't get me wrong. They shouldn't have done any of that. Like, so good. Get it down from that. Feel free to, you know, make hay about the wasteful spending and all that. But you can't really do it when the Democrats were on board with it. Um... But yeah, make hey about that, but then you go, I've reduced it a little bit. It's like, yeah, it's like the second highest ever. Right. And then it's like, I reduced it again. It's like, yeah, to the third highest ever. <laughs> and it's like, come on, like, COVID's over, you know? Like, we haven't had one of those COVID spending plans. I mean, we have, we, but we've had the, oh, what was it? The, the Reduction Act? The, was it Inflation, inflation Reduction Act? Yeah, yeah, Inflation yeah. Reduction Act, which was just... Not anything about reducing inflation at all. It's all about environmental policy. Right. So, you know, we get these. But theoretically, it should be very easy, with almost no thought at all, to be spending four, four and a half trillion a year. Four and a quarter. Because, like, that's just a natural push of things. Like, if you just stop doing the COVID spending, it should just go bloop. Yep. Same with jobs, you know. Oh, I've increased. I've had the most jobs job increase in, yeah. in years it's like well if you're going back to when companies cut jobs then yeah <laughs> it's gonna be natural it's like you're measuring from the day that the government told these companies they weren't allowed to work and people had to stay home and they could get paid to stay at home as long as they got fired and you know only essential businesses like we're measuring from that point and once again don't get me wrong shouldn't have done any of that stuff um, so feel free to, you know, give Trump grief about that. But of course you can't too much because a lot of Democrat governors shut stuff down. And when, uh, people like, uh, DeSantis or, uh, 
Kemp uh, started opening things up. You know, everyone was like, Mark, you know, Death Santis and all this. Even even Trump gave uh, Kemp grief about opening up Georgia. He said, I just think he's doing it too soon. He's just playing wild and loose, you know. Um, but, like, yeah. but So give him grief about it. But to pretend you've made a big accomplishment from, like, we've stopped forcing you not to work. And now look at all these jobs that I created. Right. Yeah. All right, we'll just close on this one thing real quick as this is becoming one of my new favorites <clears throat> in government. Oh. Now it's the cookie thing. Cookies. Oh, let's see. I wonder how that happens. Try it now. Look at that. This is from The Blaze. Questions mount about how John Fetterman was allegedly able to pen the letter with fellow Democrats while under supervision for depression in the hospital. He's just such a weird-looking guy. He is weird. Senator, Senator John Fetterman allegedly joined fellow Pennsylvania Democrats Senator Bob Casey and Chris Representative Chris DeLuzio in writing a letter Wednesday to the CEO of Norfolk Southern, the railroad behind the toxic catastrophe in East Palestine, Ohio. They wrecked again in Ohio. Really? Yeah, it, uh, it was largely empty stuff, like it, but it used to have a, a DEF, a diesel exhaust fluid or whatever, something else. Uh, but yeah, another Nor uh, Norfolk thing at Springfield County. Um, they sent out the hazmat team right away, but I guess this one was okay. Anyway, the letter implored uh, Alan Shaw and his railroad company to ensure those residents in Darlington Township affected by the derailment receive equal access to the financial and other resources. <clears throat> so it's not what the letter said, and that raised eyebrows, but Fetterman's ability to write it. As the Blaze recently reported that the senator, who suffered a debilitating stroke during his campaign, checked into Walter Reed National Military Medical Center on February 16th to obtain treatment for severe depression. He was prompted, in part, by an experience of disorientation in the aftermath of President Joe Biden's February 7th State of the Union address. <clears throat> and so his office noted his recovery is underway. That it'll be a weeks-long process, and they said that uh, it's both, both a medical... They're both therapeutic and medicinal things. So I guess he's suffered from depression in the past, but he had, you know, that massive stroke on the campaign trail and now, like, can't understand when people talk to him, which is great that he got elected. And then, like, so after the State of the Union, apparently he was just, like, he didn't know where he was, who he was talking to. And uh, so he got checked out and he got released. And then later he's like, oh, I'm going to check myself back in. But this is, this is for depression. It's not my brain doesn't work and I can't operate as a senator it's just depression but somehow so this guy Stephen miller <clears throat> is there a single journalist within the border of this continental united states going to ask a question of how john fetterman co-authored a letter in the united states senate while under direct medical observation at walter reed for self-admitted fear of harm and depression the answer is no 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 one's asked so he just did this he co-authored this letter while under observation for suicide and depression at Walter Reed, and ten days after, ten days after several days of hospitalization, and ten days oh I guess ten days after he went in, but yeah, so like somehow John Fetterman, who doesn't know where he is or who he's talking to, who's hospitalized, and his words because he's worried that he's going to kill himself, um, and so he's under direct medical supervision. He somehow co-authored a letter in the Senate, uh, and and that's it. I you know, 
impressive. It's impressive. Just like how Biden makes all his decisions. We got this Fetterman guy that makes decisions. Like, the puppetry going on is getting less impressive. You know? We can see the strings a little bit more these days. We can't see who's holding them yet, but we can... We can see that he's dancing around. Um, all right, well, I think that's kind of depressed the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess that's going to wrap up for this week's Loaded Talk. Uh, once again, anywhere you watch us, whether it's Rumble, YouTube, listen to us on the SoundClouds and Spotify's and iTunes and all that. But like us, follow us, subscribe, do all those things. Hit the little alert thing so you know when we got a new episode out. Um, I am Frank. I thank you for watching, and this has been Loaded Talk. Charlie, tell the people goodbye. Adios, planet Earth. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Bye, everybody. Um.